Welcome to the Skies Were Under podcast, hosted by me, Rachel Wright. This podcast is created by and for parents of people with disabilities and the many practitioners who support us. It's just for all of us who are trying to get from one end of the week to the other whilst bridging the gap between the life we expected and the one we're actually living. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm founder and director of Born at the Right Time. I'm a qualified nurse, the parent of three, and I've got an eldest son who loves swimming, pointless, and has complex disabilities. I wrote the memoir, The Skies I'm Under, and I'm thrilled you've joined us for another episode of The Skies We're Under podcast, which shares the stories of fellow parents so we can all feel a little less alone and a little more understood. And on the podcast today, Sarah and I interview my friend Rochelle Follows. Sarah is the CEO of Simple Stuff Works and a parent of four. Her eldest daughter has complex medical needs and a learning disability because of a brain tumour diagnosed at age six. Rochelle blogs over at My Daily Miracle. She's a mum of two and works as an LSA in a special needs school. As often happens, it gets quite serious in our chat. We talk about baby loss, stillbirth and our mental health. We also laugh and grumble, discussing cheeks, blended diet, epilepsy, and so many things in between. I really love this chat, and I hope you do too. Everyone needs a bit of Rochelle in their life. So for the next 45 minutes, you're welcome. We need to give a trigger warning for this episode that as well as talking about baby loss and stillbirth, we discuss suicide. If those things are not going to be helpful for you today, go listen to something else. Flick on Netflix and rest. Rochelle Follows, welcome to the Skies Are Under podcast. How are you both? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Sarah? All good. All good. I'm here. I'm still alive. It's quite a low bar, but yeah. Wonderful. That's where we are. (laughs) (laughs) Very low bar. Well, I'm very excited. So Sarah and Rochelle have never met before, but Rochelle and I, well, we're kind of, I, when I first met Rochelle, I kind of felt like we were the same person split into two, <laughs> into two places. So we met, we met at a blogging awards a few years ago, the same awards that I first met Lucy Parr. Ah. So Lucy was there as well. And I said, uh, hello, we hadn't, I don't know, did, had I read your blog before? Your blog's in my daily mail. I don't think and he I, was aware I, of the minute. I don't think I had. We were just in that awkward kind of like, oh, I don't know anyone. Let's talk to somebody. Yeah. And I said hello to Rochelle. And she was like, this is my husband, Tim. And I was like, oh, <laughs> my husband's called Tim. <laughs> it's like Rochelle and Tim and Rachel and Tim. And then there was just lots of other things that just were like, oh, are we are we actually the same people? <laughs> but, but leading lives like some sliding doors affair in other parts of the country. Yeah, because I remember looking at Zachariah as well and saying that he looked oh. like, like Sam did. Yeah. yeah, the cheeks. Our sons <laughs> have exactly the same cheeks. Honestly, they... I mean, that was it. I think it was then that we shared photos of our sons and I'm not entirely sure how many years difference are there is about seven years difference eight years difference Zachary is eight now so so nine years difference there's nine years difference between them but it was like looking back in time he just has the same gorgeous cheeks yeah oh whereas now my boy has bristly cheeks because we've got our old 
gets the razor out every so often. I mean, he doesn't, obviously. <laughs> but yes, so we met at the blogging things. We bonded over cheeks. But actually, despite our sons looking very similar, they've got quite different conditions. Do you want to tell us about your family, Rochelle? Yeah, Zachary is our only child, uh, eight years old, like I've just said. We started our journey when I was pregnant. So we found out that Zachary was going to have disabilities at around 28 weeks pregnant, where they just found something a little bit different on the scans. Because I'm a bigger lady, uh, I went for that growth scan. So there was nothing to say, and we need extra scans, but just being a bigger lady, they wanted to double check there were no diabetes and it all started there and it was an absolute whirlwind we heard the word termination so many times during the the remainder of of the pregnancy so many big words coming at us and we said no this boy's gonna have a chance this boy's gonna live his main diagnosis is called listen cephaly which sounds like listen carefully so <laughs> buckle in <laughs> Listen. <laughs> listen in, you're in for a treat. I always have to like think when I say the word listen cephaly. I'm probably saying it wrong. It's probably more of a listen cephaly, you know. Uh, there's so many ways of saying these big words. But yeah, that means smooth brain. So along with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's basically what listen cephaly is. Smooth brain. And there's a couple of other things going on, like a genesis of the corpus callosum, cerebellar white matter and different things like that but listen cephaly is that main diagnosis that kind of unfolds everything that goes on the epilepsy the the blindness the immobility and things like that so yeah i think that's an overall picture is tube fed everything kind of unravels so i'll probably stop there yeah so you don't have to talk about this rochelle but i'll do you mind talking about ezra Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, cool. So you said you're a mum of one, but you're not, are you? No, I... I, You're a mum of... Yeah, and to be honest, I'm quite angry at myself that I've just done that because it's very rare that I do that. I know, you're one for often talking about Ezra. Yes. Tell us about Ezra. So Ezra was so a child that we thought about long and hard after Zachary, and we thought, can we do it? Can we juggle Zachary and another baby? And we, we went for it, and he was made with love, you know. We, we really wanted this baby. But at 20 weeks pregnant, we went for the scan to find out the gender, and that's the only thing you're worrying about at that moment in time. You think I would learn <laughs> that Aww. other things can unfold <laughs> when you yeah. go to that hospital appointment. But no, I was still full of hope. It was this fresh beginning, and this was new life. But yeah, he had stopped breathing. He um, he had stopped growing in my tummy a, a couple of days before the appointment. They they kind of worked out. You never truly know, do you? And I then went on to to birth him which was probably the most traumatic experience I've ever had, pushing out a baby that can't help you, basically. So that was a very long labour. But yeah, he's, he's very much part of our family. And I, we are a family of four. He is my little angel baby. Yeah, and, and Ezra, the meaning behind his name, Ezra means the helper. So our kind of dream was, was that Ezra was going to be Zachary's little helper in our little family. So, yeah. So like you say, you'd think you'd have learned that going to that 20-week scan was going to be, you know... But did you... did Was it basically that he didn't have a heartbeat? Is that what they found on the scan? So essentially... Yeah, it just... So we did go through testing afterwards and it turned out that he had got the parvovirus, which was something that was going around Zachary's nursery at the time that I didn't know about. So normally when parvovirus is going around, they warn pregnant women to stay away from it 
Zachary's obviously gone into nursery and he's passed it on to me. We didn't know Zachary must have been a what's the word? It must have like passive, isn't it? Where they, they pass yeah. yeah. Carrier, that's the one. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. So he carried that yeah. on to me and I've carried it on to, to Ezra and that was the cause of him him yeah, his heart stopping. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Which is it's and it's just one of those like Zachary's genetic condition is changing the sub two B gene. It is ridiculously rare, and so is catching the pyrovirus. So it's yeah. like oh, two two really really rare random things. <laughs> yeah. So I've got a couple of friends who have lost babies sort of throughout sort of late stages in pregnancy or the days that they were born or soon after. As a friend, do you have any advice about what the rest of us can do to not put our foot in our mouths, but to keep the names of your children kind of, you know, alive and, you know, recognise I don't know. I guess we we worry that sort of bringing it up is going to be sad. But I've everything I've heard from friends is like, no, I want I want you to talk about them. Like I want I want you to recognize, you know, say their name and acknowledge. But is there anything that people have done for you that's been really helpful or that you've felt has sort of been meaningful of of acknowledging the four people in your family and the ongoing loss that not having Ezra there is? I think that you right there have done an amazing thing I've obviously come in and introduced myself and been a really bad mum and not introduced him no. so I think you've done a nice thing there by by you know you've not been a bad acknowledging mom. him but yeah it's just talking about him and I'm in a very very close-knit circle of friends you know there's a couple mm. of us and we acknowledge his anniversary and his due date and yellow roses are Ezra's thing so I always get yellow roses flooding in around those important dates talking about him so I've got a friend a very close friend of mine who lost her little girl as well at just one day old and we for her we have pink roses so I always talk about Ezra and Ezra's friend up in heaven dancing around in the field with pink and yellow roses so it's just I think it's creating something that's joyful out of something that was really really traumatic um, and devastating so we've just made this nice picture now and we can just see them dancing around that's so helpful obviously you and I have both talked about our you know our two sons that are still around not being around and the reality of death is still very very close to our families and it's I don't know that I even know in my head what I would find helpful or not at the minute I don't feel like thinking about heaven would find it helpful but I I just I guess I think what I I always endeavor to do is to respect and um, hold space for what other people find useful yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean so if someone says this is the way I imagine it this is how I feel this is how I picture this is what's meaningful to me then abandon any <laughs> of your own <laughs> ideas and go with that because that's what's true and yeah. real and right for for them and their and their family oh well I often see your posts and stuff with around those times and it prompts me to not only think of you and your beautiful boys but also my other friends because it's you know unfortunately with 
I don't know, is it more prevalent in our community of yeah, parenting children with disabilities? Is. Or is it just we talk about no, it? No, I think, uh, did you mean baby loss or during pregnancy or? Yeah, baby loss. Yeah, I feel like I just know so many people. But I think that's as we all get older, like I think that that's maybe just life. Do you, you know, kind of if you think in your 20s, you know, kind of the, the experiences, I think that's just time, isn't it? You know, and kind of the more okay. time you have. Yeah. I think that death is obviously much more prevalent, isn't it? You know, death is, is present within our community much more than it is yeah. within the normal school run, you know, like kind of there's not, yeah. there's not, yeah. you know, kind of the ambulance has been into school today as a kind of typical. And I think maybe, mm-hmm. maybe because we're probably a little bit more familiar than, you know, kind of with, with that idea, then, then maybe we talk about it a little bit more than other people. So maybe, maybe people have told yeah, you, maybe. I don't know, who knows. I think there's a generational thing with it as well. Yeah. I think our generation are more open to talk about baby loss and, you know, that it's okay to not be okay as well. It it kind of all comes into one bubble, doesn't it? That we're more open about mental health, we're more open about loss, we're more open about grief. I find that particular in in my generation and my community that people are talking about it more. uh, Whereas if you talk to like grandparents and things like that it, even my parents that age they're, they're not as inclined to talk about it yeah they deal mm. with it within within their own little circle um it doesn't leave that circle yeah whereas now we have social media where we, we yeah. go on and we outlet so many of our feelings thoughts mm. experiences mm. so I think social media probably really comes into that generational uh, discussion around grief loss do you think as well that medical technology has a part to play in it as well? Because we, you know, kind of, I think that people get to, almost feel as though they get to know their babies more, you know, kind of like 4D scans and, you know, kind of there's a lot like people, I remember my mum had no idea that she was pregnant with me until she was like, you know, nine weeks pregnant or something. Whereas with all of my children, I'm I'm there with the test, you know, you know, due on today. I'm going to pee on this stick and find it. Whereas she had no, you know, kind of there wasn't that level of kind of accuracy of testing and stuff like that. So, may, you know, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because from a, sorry, from a generational point of view, child loss was much more prevalent, wasn't it? If you go back, you know, just a couple of generations that we were supposedly, well, particularly, a lot of people have said to me that that women were were well well versed in looking after each other because it was quite a common thing to happen that that one of your friends would you know would would lose a child whereas I think maybe with with I don't know whether with kind of pregnancy stuff it was you know still a bit taboo as you say Rochelle now people are much more open but who it's tough stuff isn't it is it possible that there's an element to exactly what you just said there Sarah that you know 20 30 years ago it was just part of life and so it wasn't you know it was kind of expected and there was a little bit of stoic kind of stoicism around it but do we have a level of because of the amount of medical intervention do we have a level of a sort of expectation that it's going to be okay do we have a false sense of security that for the majority of people, it all works out okay. And so, I don't know, that the, we're more naive 
of the reality, you know, the general population is more naive that that's, this is just something that can happen to anybody rather than, I mean, having said that, I think there's some of the, you know, sort of more famous people who've had baby loss. I think that's brought up, I think that's been much more, it's brought into the sort of limelight's not the right word, is it? It's brought it into the people have had conversations about it. It's into people's consciousness. It's in more in, in people's conversations and and their their consciousness. But there's so many subjects like that, aren't there? You know, that previously mm. would not be discussed. Where, you know, if we think about men's mental health and we think about, you know, my my brother in law in twenty sixteen took his own life and the number of people I can't, you know, kind of an absolutely devastating time. And the number of people who would say, oh, my brother, my, you know, like kind of my uncle, my, you know, and everybody. And it was like, why aren't we talking about this stuff? And I think there's so much, isn't there, that we haven't previously been particularly good at, at kind of talking about. And maybe this is one of those things that we're getting better at, but we can still do better. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, like platforms like this, like, mm. you know, when you only have five minutes in a news thing or whatever, it doesn't necessarily come up. But being able to have longer conversations with the people and being, you know, just having it sort of talked about and real. Absolutely. Born at the Right Time is a proud partner of Simple Stuff Works. Together, we champion the protection of people's bodies through engaging and enjoyable training, looking at 24-hour postural care and specifically the importance of lying support. Whether you're a novice wanting a short three-hour online course taking you through the basics, a specialist practitioner needing comprehensive training or anything in between, we have a range of CPD certified courses just for you. Find out more at www.bornattherighttime.com where we give you the language, skills and confidence to protect people through excellence in 24-hour postural care. Shall we continue talking about Zachariah? Absolutely. And those cheeks. (laughs) And particularly how... um, I know, so we've, like I say... We've gone down similar paths in in lots of ways, um, where it took us um, 17 years nearly before we tried a blended diet. But I know you have been so much more on the ball and you started, tell me, when did you? Oh, come on, you're 10 years ahead of me. (laughs) That's because of you, though. That's because I follow (laughs) other people's journeys. No, the blended diet, um, it used to be a bit of a a touchy subject because we did try the blended diet a couple of years ago and it completely flopped. It was horrendous. Um, Tell us, tell us. I think it's because... What happened? Looking back, what, what do you happened? think? Me, that's what happened. <laughs> I was absolutely rubbish at it. Uh, the poor boy. Um, I absolutely failed. So it was. It was back in twenty. I want to say twenty nineteen. Why am I saying that year? Yeah, about three, four years old. He was still at nursery, and I'd heard about the blended diet, and I went, "Yeah, let's do it." No research whatsoever. <laughs> was just like, dietitian, I'm doing this new diet. I'm sick of this reflux. 
I'm sick of him being on all these meds. I'm doing this. So I was very stubborn, very much, let's do it. So I made all these blends. And I remember a day, it was Zachariah's graduation party at nursery. This is when I decided to, to do it. <laughs> sounds like such a calm, yeah, low-key yeah. sort of time. I know what we'll do. In public. I know what we'll lots do. Lots of people having a great time with their families and I rock up. Oh, what, the actual first blend was in front of people? What? Well, the, the first outdoor blend. So we'd done a couple okay. at home, but this was like, like, you know, like rather than let's go to Asda and sit in the cafe and let's try it there or let's go to a friend's house. No, we'll go to the graduation party. <laughs> so I rock up, you know, the the bottle, the water bottles that you can get for, for tube-fed children and adults. Like, yeah, I'd filled some of them and I think it was an orange colour, so... We're talking a bit of carrot, sweet potato. Yeah. It just stodged yeah. up. It absolutely... Oh, I just it, had to solid... gone cold. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I remember, we, we're like... We're, oh, it's, it, it's, I'm actually traumatised, I think. I think there's a bit of trauma here. Uh, <laughs> going back there. <laughs> so we're trying to get it out. Oh, we're literally dripping it everywhere. I don't think we took a tea towel... <laughs> <laughs> the old kitchen roll it's got his beautiful gown on yeah we made an absolute boohoo and from that day i just said scrap the blended diet this this is not working is back on the formula so basically i just jumped in no research no kind of like what i did this time around no sitting down with a massive planner yeah uh, doing calories doing volume intake do you know doing it properly so we Zachary that year got very very poorly and we ended up having to scrap everything that we'd done Botox and all this because he ended up in hospital with pancreatitis and it was at that point that we nearly lost our boy that I thought Mm. no we just need to stop we need to calm down we need to bring everything back to how it was yeah let him settle so when we got him out of hospital it was literally just back to normal no interfering with mm. diets, no interfering with new meds, no yeah. interfering with Botox and all this lot, because he ended up with C. diff. I mean, if you've ever experienced C. diff. Oh, my day! The washing machine can, had you know a good time. What? Talk about trauma. 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 I, I can smell C. diff yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> I, have, I have got... Talk about olfactory flashbacks. <laughs> Oh, I have, and it's from work. It's not from family, but oh, trauma, trauma. Yeah, oh, days. <laughs> I think that's so true, though, isn't it? We can be like, this is important. This is important. This is important, and then, and then our kids just pull our kids' condition. What we think is really important. What's our? You know, we we're so focused on something, iron the ball, and then they end up in hospital really poorly with something. And I know, I know, he's been poorly again recently, and it's like. It's like you can you can get so stressed by so many things like, you know, the physios and the OT and the appointments and the, you know, even the diet, like you say, the dietitian or the positioning or the whatever else. And then suddenly it's like, oh, no, we're also just got to keep them alive. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is serious. And we need them to breathe yeah. and we need them to not have seizures that don't stop. And we need to, I think that is a very tr- real experience for parents like us where you know we don't stand around in the playground talking about oh I've got to change my plan today because the dishwasher's bust you're standing around going like you say I've got to rush off from the school run because we've got to go to recess to A&E to whatever because life just turns 
upside down. So cool. Right. So the first time you did the blender diet didn't quite go to plan. Second time. Yeah. So that Lucky. takes us to last Christmas. Can I just say, I'd love a dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> you've, really, you've really just hit a nerve now. <laughs> Blended diet and not having a dishwasher is just horrendous. Oh, my days. So there we go. If anybody, if anyone wants to just to, to sponsor Rochelle and send her a dishwasher, you donate a dishwasher well, I need a bigger to house. Rochelle. So if you want to donate a bigger okay, house, so it needs to be a house extension and a dish. You can get really tiny dishwashers. Honestly, My mum and dad. It's not going to go anywhere. No space. No, Zachary has taken over the whole house. Yeah, uh, he's even taken it, taken up upstairs now. But yeah, so. <laughs> I'll ignore the dishwasher thing. I'll have to get over okay, that sorry. Later one day. Yeah, so it was last December. We decided to to restart. Research done, planning done, lots of meetings with a dietitian, lots of meetings with school. Because obviously this was a new thing because it was within school. So school yeah. had to be trained. Um, and it, it's just that extra risk with blended diet than uh, a very thin formula going in. You know, you can have lumps and bumps. I am a pro now, so I do I do kind of say there's no lumps in my food and I can, you know, say that with a lot, of, lot of confidence, hopefully. <laughs> I'm dreading the day that it goes into school with a packed lunch and they're ringing me and they're like, there's a blockage because, yeah. Cause saying that, I work, saying that I do work there, so they would just be running into my class. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> that, that's why I work there for yeah. backup in case anything was wrong. So yeah, we did, it, we did it properly and we've smashed it for a whole year. We've not got on, off any meds yet. But the reflux is definitely improving. But we're now entering a whole new world. We're going on to the ketogenic blended diet. Wow. I just have visions now of like Tom Cruise clinging onto a cliff edge with like his fingernails only. You know, that kind of, this isn't nutritional in feeding. This is blended diet keto enteral feeding. This is hardcore. Yeah, yeah very, very hardcore. How do you do how do you do that? So <laughs> we tried to start at the beginning of December and then Zachary Don't tell me yeah. you went to the Was Christmas activity and thought yeah, I know what whole I'll school do. event. I'll crack out. <laughs> 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 no, no, I, I did a lot better. But it was Zachariah that hiccuped this time. Decided to have a little trip to the hospital just before we were about to fully start it. And obviously everything just had to be dropped again. So it had to just be the regular... Because on ketogenic diet, you have to have your bloods tested twice every day, like your, your ketone levels and your glucose levels and things like that. And it just... Because we hadn't started, I thought, put it, just put it put over it, yeah, there. I can't, yeah, yeah, I can't, can't handle yet. all this new respiratory stuff as well as, as starting a new diet. So Zachariah decided we were stalling this time, not me. So, Rochelle, okay, so for people enough. that don't know the uh, keto diet, why do people... What's it about? Okay, can I read from a booklet? Because oh God, please do. Yeah, my yeah. interpretation is rubbish. So <laughs> we are supported by a charity, the Daisy Garland, who oh my gosh, mm-hmm. incredible charity, and they say it's, it's only short, so don't worry. The ketogenic diet is a medical treatment used to treat drug-resistant epilepsy. It works by switching the body's metabolism to burn fats for energy rather than utilizing the glucose. So when the fats used as energy, the ketones are then produced. So that's what then begins that cycle of reducing seizures. If you those people who didn't see Rochelle just turned into a little bit of a ninja. 
cross-fingered ninja. <laughs> very hopeful, very hopeful. I want to get him off these drugs. So yeah, I don't know why, but it, it's a huge thing in the UK now. So many children. Yeah. You only go on it for a couple of years because it does kind of stop growth. So it's okay. not it's not the safest thing to be on for a long time. Yeah. And for that time it like it then sort of triggers something. Yeah, so I think it's when the blood so let, let shall I follow follow on it? These ketones bodies build up in the blood and when they reach a certain level, that's when the seizures should be controlled. So it's all very I mean it doesn't work for everybody, but I thought we'll give it a go. We're on blended diet anyway. We're mm-hmm. on so many epilepsy meds. Yeah. With the the pancreatitis that he had back in 2019 was caused by an epilepsy med. Yeah. So let's give it a go. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so coming back to the this blended diet as it is now, what would you let's compare notes, okay? Let's compare notes about how we started because I think we both do it quite differently. So I think it's really good to say this isn't like lots of these things. It's not you just do it one way. There's not a right way and a wrong way. We kind of do them, do it quite differently. So tell us what did you introduce first and how quickly did you bring up the volumes of the blends? So I had the basic breakfast. for No, I think we started with supper. I think we started like a supper. So it's literally like a hundred calorie supper. We did that a couple of times, then introduced a breakfast, a lunch, and then a tea. Something like that. And we pretty much, we went quite fast into it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The minute that it it tolerated most basic foods was when Mm -hmm. we went right full steam ahead. And then we've introduced like a couple of things since. Like egg was a recent thing that just horrified me, the the thought of blending egg. I still don't do that. We did it because it's a massive food on the keto, but so that's why we've only just done it. I went and tried to avoid egg. It stinks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you've got, so do you do um, batch blends? Like, do you do all the food for? Yeah, yeah, uh, sorry. So I I, I do a lot of batch cooking. batch cook lunch and tea so I do like casseroles soups uh we have like a ninja soup maker which is amazing uh anything we're kind of having as well at the moment so if we're having like a chicken curry or a chef I don't blend mash that like potato never goes in the blend so if we're having a cottage pie it'll be the mincemeat and veg part of it because I just think it goes too too sodgy so I concur we occasionally do a bit of potato, but mostly from a carbohydrate point of view, we put bread in, seeded yeah, bread. Yeah, bread's good. Wraps are good as well. I think wraps are actually better than, than bread. Yeah, and we avoid rice. I don't know if you've ever tried rice. That's that's horrendous. Uh, we have done. I mean, we pretty much, so we give, our son has school dinners. So they basically have a certain amount of carb, protein, veg that I say I want them to sort of put together and a total volume but obviously my son's 10 years older and huge and so he manages the volumes actually that he can tolerate is continues to increase so we can actually get quite a lot into him and it being a bit thicker we can get more into him than we could with the milk like we couldn't he was having to have it so slow and for so long because his reflux was atrocious whereas now we can actually get quite a decent amount and we we don't do any batch cooking at all 
We do it all. It's all what you're eating. But I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know how. That is very, very good. Well, here, no, you don't know how because I don't care as much, I think, is the real answer. <laughs> no. So you sat down and worked out. No, no, no. Not about, obviously, I care about my son. No, I mean, you sit down and work out all your calories and stuff. I don't. I don't. If If it looks like what his brothers are having... That's fine. He doesn't need as many calories because although he's 17, he's not as big and he doesn't move as much. So, and he always gets more vegetables than them by a long way. And therefore, I kind of figure he's doing all right, you know? And if he's put on a bit of weight, then I don't give as much cake. And if he needs to put on some weight, then I give him some cake. But that's basically, he just has... He just has food. He just has the food that we have. And sometimes it's a day late. So we'll do yeah, dinner yeah. and that'll that. be his dinner. Yeah. He'll have his that dinner the next day. And it'll be, like you say, I tell you what, pasta's all right if it's like lasagna. So stuff that's sort of been sitting stewing. I haven't tried lasagna. I, I avoid pasta as well. So many foods I avoid. But yeah, I do, I do do a little bit of that where we make a meal and he'll have it the next day you know, move a bit behind. But I think we've had like a brief discussion online when I've had a little bit of a, well, I spat my dummy out and had a bit of a cry because I had to give him some really, yeah, half-hearted meals and you did tell me off. And from that point, I have kind of taken a little bit of pressure off myself. Just chill. So. Just chill. <laughs> it's He's getting more than most kids his age. Yeah. <laughs> but we can be too hard, can't we? We can be too hard on ourselves. Yeah. yeah. I can show you photos. He has milkshakes going into cinema. He has ice creams with aero balls that blended going in. Uh, He has nachos at the cinema. Uh, Just We've got a portable blender. Our blend jet too goes everywhere with him. And if his brothers are having a treat, he he gets it as well. Love it. Just add some juice and mix it and give it. I'm sure that's way more to do with us. And wanting to, like from the social aspect of food, that's what. And I think I recognise my reaction, my reaction to when it was suggested that we couldn't, or that there was resistance to doing the blended diet. So when we said, okay, we're going to try and do blended diet, and the dietitian went, well, you can, as but obviously we've got to come and inspect your kitchen <laughs> and you need to do your food hygiene certificate. And I did what I, we talk about in my work parent workshops as a chandelier reaction to where <laughs> I went from naught to 60 in three Not seconds flat. <laughs> and part of that was I can feed my other kids McDonald's every day mm-hmm. of the week and it makes no difference to you. But also I recognize now that part of that was my own issues, trauma, the story I tell myself around not being as good a mother because I don't feed my baby or my son. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The sort of at the point at which when he was 14 months old and we were told never to feed him again, it felt like I lost a bit of motherhood. Yeah. It felt like I lost a whole part of my role. And so when there was this glimmer of doing that, you know, this evening we're getting fish and chips from the fish and chip shop and he will get 
fish and chips. We will blend the chips. We'll be, you know, and then he'll get a load of veg chucked in, which will be more than his brothers get. (laughs) (laughs) Or you. won't get the veg. (laughs) Or me. And sometimes we do peas and sweet corn. That's our our attempt at making fish and chips not a slightly more nutritious. (laughs) But I think it was around just feeling like we could do food together and... You know, I could celebrate birthdays and Christmases and, you know, he had Christmas dinner with us. And, like, it probably doesn't make a whole lot of difference to him. I mean, he obviously enjoys it more because he's got less reflux. Yeah. Like, and we do give him tasters. But I I don't think, I think it's important to do stuff because it's important for the whole family, not just because it's important for our kids. I was just thinking that then, where you were saying that about how you were talking almost as if that's a justification, like the, like justifying doing it, that that whereas actually, the, I don't have the words for it at the moment, but just like, just, just as important as feeding him is feeding, like feeding you in mm. terms of your, if it makes you feel good, then that's what we do. That's why it's, yeah, do it, you know. I think there is a bit of a narrative, isn't there, around thinking that, the children are the most important thing. Yeah, but, like that, it's but what's that's best that for whole the child. thing. Is, yeah, totally. And I'm not talking about harming a child. No. But no. there is there is something around, actually, it children are in the context of family. And so exactly. it's what, you know, and our culture and our society and our patterns and rhythms of life are yeah. all part and parcel of what we do and so yeah and I think I think my not doing batch blends is very much tied up with the volume that he's able to eat so because I can put a certain amount of food in our Vitamix and it produce you know three four hundred mils even you know over 400 mils and he and you know over 30 45 minutes yeah he can take it then that's different to when you're you basically carry on the weaning process do you know what I mean when it's like that soft food thing and you're kind of building up the volumes and stuff so I think that's probably probably why it's you've got a bigger family as well like you're feeding multiple children whereas I'm only feeding one child and I wouldn't Mm. necessarily give my child everything that means him eats you know we like the old takeaway in the evening when he's in bed so me and Tim can't we've always eaten separately we've always dealt yeah done everything true. with Zachariah and then whereas I guess you have family meals where you're all around see we, we've we've never really done that because we've all, one of us has always been feeding Zachariah or whatever and then we've been the other one's been yeah, tidying up it cleaning. Very, yeah it, so eating means him likes to chill in the evening with the telly we do yeah. very naughtily yeah. tv dinner oh um, it's the best so I think way. that's why I batch cook I think that's the difference there it, yeah. it's the lifestyles isn't it and that's okay yeah that's we all just true. live different yeah, different lifestyles yeah 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 yeah, yeah. totally yeah. yeah I think you're probably right I mean we do still are we probably have two meal times in the house we probably have my seven-year-old and our eldest have a similar meal time about between five and six and then because of people finishing work later and things there's probably another meal time a little bit later unless we're all off and we're not working do you know what I mean so there probably is an element 
to that. But yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a, we and yeah, I think we need to like, I think what you're saying, Sarah, is really true. We can celebrate the, what's right within our context and yeah. what's right within our family patterns and what's right for us as mums, not just. Totally. And that idea that you said, like you said there, Rochelle, about like it being naughty, having a TV dinner and it's like, oh my life, you know, just to get to that point in the day my favorite point in the day my absolute like I just bloody look is when I go to bed I look like I have my hot at the moment I have my hot water bottle I'm just going to bed favorite how many bit hot of the water day. bottles two, well two or three but the but that just <laughs> like to have got to just to, to to finish the day not to have made any progress but just to finish the day at the same point as I started it like to me, that is a big win, and that's not like. And so TV, car, TV dinner, my word, with everything that you're just, doing, it's just about nurturing yeah, ourselves. Just, just you know, have that and sometimes time. you know, sometimes there's an element to which how do we nurture ourselves well? And sometimes I recognise I can eat loads of rubbish, and it's not actually nurturing myself, and I feel like it is until the point that it isn't. But so yeah, wholeheartedly. You know, I love eating when my kids are in bed. It is the best kind of eating. <laughs> it doesn't matter, doesn't matter what it Can is. Can relax? <laughs> well, just about relax. Depends what's going on with the SATS monitor. But if the SATS monitor's chilled then yeah we can relax with a meal but that's it you're not even it isn't yeah, even that is it it isn't even that you're sitting no, down you're with the soaps or you're not sitting down with whatever it is that you watch and you're still not switched off you know and yeah. No, it's like a mini mini switch, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And I think that's I think we don't give ourselves we really don't give ourselves and mothers and parents like us, fathers like us, credit for the emotional toll and the mental load of never really being able to park the roles and responsibilities that we have, that hypervigilance, that need to be on, you know, on alert just doesn't stop. I think that's what I find the hardest. And when I do go down into a bit of a uh, within myself, it's because of that, that overwhelmness of I never, ever switch off. It's exhausting. Yeah. It really is. It is yeah. exhausting. And it's something that a spa break ain't going to no. touch. Like it just, you know, and, More anxious. and actually I find, <laughs> yeah. well, I exactly, you're anxious because you're not there. And then when you, when I do switch off, so if, if my Tim, your Tim's not looking after my children, my Tim's looking after my children. So when my husband's looking after my kids, I'm not worried about them because like I actually trust him and I think he does a fine job. So I'm not worried about them, but when we're away without our eldest and we come back there, and even when I go away on my own and I come back, sometimes it's just the change, like the change of pace, the kind of realisation of the what-if world, the kind of, I find that really hard. Like when I have actually had some space, it's really tricky. Re-entry. at the right time we're passionate about improving the lives of people with complex disabilities whether it's through supporting their family cpd certified training for practitioners or influencing policymakers and providers to turn rhetoric into reality 
You can find out more about our work, whether it's book on a parent workshop, attend a live podcast event, or check out our range of practitioner training in communication, collaboration, and personalised care by visiting our website, www.bornattherighttime.com. To finish, can we have a quick rapid fire? Rochelle, are you ready? First one, what's your favourite subject in school? Maths. Ooh. Rubbish at it now. Do you know what we should do? (laughs) We should do like a prediction. We should do a, what would you have predicted Rochelle's favourite subject in school would have been? Okay, second question. You're a superhero. What's your chosen superpower? Flying. Oh, strong contender. Nice. What's an ordinary moment that brings you joy? Eating. <laughs> oh, I want to be specific. What's your top th- I wouldn't ask for a top one because that co- the pos- can't possibly be just one. What's your top three? Okay, a curry with the husband, a Chinese mm. with the girls, <laughs> a kebab in the hospital. <laughs> Mine was, mine was fried chicken uh, in the hospital because there was one opposite and it was like, yep, thank you very much. Say that. <laughs> I had a KFC the last hospital stay, so I don't know why I didn't say fried chicken. <laughs> What's the last photo you took? Can I look? Reaches yeah, the phone. Can yes. I can't remember. Oh, it's really boring. It's fine. So Tell us. It's a t- what is it? <laughs> It's a two dress. It's two dresses that I can no longer fit in. That I have sent to my sister-in-law to see if she wants them. Oh, that's nice. So yeah, it's a bit that's boring. Kind. That's very nice. That's good. If you were to win a TV reality show, which one would it be? Well, it wouldn't be comedy. It wouldn't be singing. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. Strictly. No, I can't. I- would it be like Bear Grylls, SOS, no, sort of SAS? The only thing I'm really season? good at, I probably shouldn't say on here. Oh, we're all on the edge of our seats now. <laughs> I'm really close to the... Yeah, come on. We're like, what's Rochelle just about to divulge? Well, Go on, yeah, no one's listening. You, you no might have listening. to edit this out. Truly no one's like listening. A, like a trumping competition or something. Farting <laughs> <laughs> competition. This format, you need that format. Write, in, write that down. Quickly write it down so that it can be copyrighted. <laughs> I love it. I can't believe I just said that. So we're f- farting to music, or are we talking? Le- are we got talking decibels? Oh. Or are we talking length? Are we talking just? I, I, I'm, a, I'm mortified. I just said that. <laughs> I can't think of anything. We all do it. We true, all do true. it. And there's probably there's probably if you do it really well, uh, Rochelle, yeah. you own that. If you be proud, yeah. be okay. proud. I'll be proud. There you are. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, well, we've kind of already covered this. My next question is, what's your comfort food of choice? But we've just heard Chinese with the girls, curry with the husband, kebab or fried chicken at the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Okay, and um, what is happening in your life right now which excites you? Maybe this new year, like, everything exciting, isn't it? Uh, but so I guess the exciting thing is that Zachary has gone back to school this week. He's absolutely smashing it. Everybody's saying how joyful he is, how smiley he is, and not many of them are aware of the traumatic Christmas we've just had. So I guess that's yeah. nice 
that he, he he's got that. You know, yeah. I'm still here with yeah. the trauma and they're getting over it. But that's he, how it goes, yeah, though, isn't it? He's living his best life at school, blowing raspberries. So I guess that's what's going. You know what? What's it? And you're them. anxious in the corner farting. <laughs> oh, I have got one. I have got one. What? 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 On. I have got an exciting one. So. Zachary had his first private physio session this week and Ooh. the hope that came out of it was just extraordinary. Oh, nice. So fabulous. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't think of that. I'm not I'm a, I'm definitely more of a thinker. I have to like think about questions and the What fire. we need to do is we need to have you back in a couple of months and then you'll have thought all of the things that you would have said or could have said. Yeah, I'm gonna come mm. off here and kick myself, yeah. Never mind. No, it's been brilliant. Thank you so, so much, Rochelle. It's been really lovely talking to you and to meet your family. Um, And yes, we'll have all the links to where you can read all things Rochelle and on blogging and Facebook and things like that in the podcast notes. Thank you both, Sarah and Rochelle. Thank you. Oh, no. Thank you for having me. Lovely to meet you, Rochelle. Oh, thank you. And you, Sarah. Bye. The Sky's Wonder podcast is a Born at the Right Time production supported by the expert studio assistants of Podshop. Thanks to our wonderful guests for sharing their stories and very precious time. And special thanks to the generosity of listeners whose donations have helped make this podcast. We would love it if you could like, follow and review the podcast wherever you listen. As part of season two, we have some great live events, including the really ropey idea of Sarah, Lucy and I being your agony aunts. Email your stories, comments and questions either to tswupodcast at gmail.com to join in or follow us on Instagram at born at right time. We love you joining us for the ride as we hurtle along this off-piste version of parenting. It's so much better when we do it together. Whatever skies, we're under. <laughs>